something caught my eye um, that I want to get into before the election business quickly. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. And that is um, Joe Biden. So, you know, we all know that he's past his prime and at times he's befuddled. And one of those times was yesterday. Roll the tape. That I'd like to introduce to you now who will lead the way. I'm really proud of this group. For Secretary of Health and Education Service, I nominated Javier Bacaria. You know, Javier Becerra, excuse me. It's Javier Becerra. Now, anyone can mispronounce a name. I do it. I do it. Anyone can do that. But he also misspoke uh, about Mr. Becerra's title. He's a health and human services director, not health and education. Now, Mr. Biden was reading off a teleprompter. He wasn't doing what I do. I'm just talking to you now. I don't have a teleprompter. And he doesn't even know what Mr. Becerra's job is, even though he's announcing his appointment. Ooh, 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 ooh. And I suspect we will see this many, many times, um, but not as many times as we could if Mr. Biden were to make himself available, which he will not. But once the inauguration takes place, you're not going to see much of Joe. You're not going to be around because of stuff like this. So there, uh, let me tell you just a little bit about Becerra. He's the attorney general of California, 62 years old. This was uh, the worst thing that he did uh, in his tenure. And basically, California now is anarchy there. So that's a real good record to build upon. In February 2019, uh, Becerra um, filed a lawsuit to try to prevent Donald Trump from building the border wall. So Becerra wants open borders. He wants as many people to come in. Of course, open borders leads to an influx of dangerous criminals because they're just part of the crew that walks across the border. So this is Javier Becerra. A ridiculous appointment, but he checks the boxes and it's all Biden cares about. Now, there are right wing people that say, well, Biden's in there, but they're going to get him out by the uh, 25th Amendment, which says, quote, that Congress can create a body um, which working with the vice president of the United States, that would be Kamala Harris, can remove a president, quote, deemed to be unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. Now, that has never happened in the history of this country, but I, your humble correspondent, know it very well because it almost happened to Ronald Reagan. Now, you remember, maybe, that when I wrote the book Killing Reagan, part of it was that after President Reagan was shot and almost killed this close, that his physical and mental capabilities declined as they would in any human being. But he was still president and he was still carrying out his duties. He didn't hand it over to Bush the elder. Ronald Reagan was still president. There were days when he could not do his job. There was talk and we documented in killing Reagan that maybe the 25th Amendment might have to be explored, just explored. Now, in Killing Reagan, we document 
that Ronald Reagan made perhaps the best comeback of any politician in the history of the world. It was truly a miracle in my opinion. I believe in miracles because he recovered so dramatically from his near fatal wound. It was like staggering, but it took him a couple of months. And during that time, there was a lot of turbulence. Now, when I wrote that, George Will, a blatantly intellectually dishonest man, uh, went crazy and said I was a liar and this, that, and the other thing. Even though we documented all the people who said it, all the people who were there in the meetings, <laughs> I mean, it was documented. And the Reagan Library wouldn't carry the book, Killing Reagan, because of that. Now, I'm only telling you this because the 25th Amendment is not going to be used against Joe Biden. It's not. Okay? Because the Democratic Party wants him in the Oval Office because he'll rubber stamp anything. Because he doesn't even know <laughs> what's happening. Some of the time, anyway. I can't say all the time, but some of the time. They don't want Kamala Harris in there. Harris... She could do anything. Okay, so that's Joe Biden not knowing about his appointment. By the way, in addition to Bacera, John Kerry is the new green environmental global warming something. <laughs> 76 years old. Kerry, uh, I don't know. What can you say about him? Um, but he's, he's the climate guy. All right. Big expense account. Fly private jets all over. Private jets with the gas. <laughs> all right, let's get to the election. I'm not gloating. I understand your anger and frustration. But once again, I reported accurately. I told you the Supreme Court wouldn't do anything about the Pennsylvania situation. So unanimously, the court ruled it's not going to hear, not going to consider the fraud allegations. So therefore, Pennsylvania is certified for Joe Biden. All right. Now, I'll get into this why in a minute of it, but it's not a surprise. Right on the heels of that, Texas, state of Texas, files a federal lawsuit to the Supreme Court on behalf of all the people who live in Texas, essentially saying this, our citizens, Texans, were disenfranchised in this presidential vote because four states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia, conducted fraudulent votes. So our people were denied an honest election. This is what Texas is asserting. We want the Supreme Court to remedy the situation. It's a pretty strong lawsuit, in theory. Though everybody who voted for Donald Trump has been disenfranchised if the allegations of fraud are true on a mass level. The Supreme Court is not going to hear it. Now, they didn't hear Pennsylvania because they essentially said, you had a year, you Republicans in Pennsylvania, to petition us or anybody else to fix the mail-in vote thing. You had a one year and you didn't do it. So we're not going to hear it now. If it was that important, you should have done it a year ago. That's what they're using. 
In Texas, they're going to say you don't have standing, Texas, all right, to file this lawsuit to us. You don't have the standing to do it. That's what it'll come down to. Arkansas, Missouri, and Louisiana have joined with Texas. But the Supreme Court, I predict, not going to hear this. Why? Because they don't want to be the body that will overturn an election. The nine justices, I think all of them don't want to hear these cases. They don't want to be the decider in the election. Now, what could change that? And by the way, the Arizona Supreme Court and the Nevada Supreme Court also rejected the Trump campaign's petitions. So now there's nowhere to go. It's over. Certification of all the states will be complete this week. Joe Biden will be president even if new evidence emerges. One caveat to that last statement, the Supreme Court could re-involve itself if something cataclysmic occurs, but that's not likely to happen. Now, here's what should happen, and this is my big announcement. Attorney General Barr, Next week, should appoint a special prosecutor to look into allegations of fraud in the presidential election of 2020. That's what should happen. If that happens, the federal government then will have the power to subpoena, to demand things be turned over. First step. You do forensics on the Dominion voting machines. The federal government comes in, looks at as many machines as it wants to, places like Wayne County, Detroit, Fulton County, Atlanta, Las Vegas, looks at them, brings in the best mathematical minds, computer minds in the world to see if there was any tampering, to see if there was any miscalibration. It's there, unless you destroy the voting machines, whatever happened in those machines is there. That's the most important thing. And only one body on earth can do it, the Justice Department of the United States. That's it. The states are not going to investigate themselves. They're not. They're not going to admit they screwed an election up. The press, you know the press, not going to investigate anything, doesn't have subpoena power anyway. Okay. Once Biden becomes president, the Justice Department's not going to do it. They're not. They're supposed to be investigating now. We don't know anything. All Barr said is that we haven't found fraud that would rise to overturning the election. That's all he said. But he has the power, Attorney General Barr, to appoint a special prosecutor to investigate allegations of fraud in this election. Now, I broke this on Sean Hannity's radio show today, and Hannity unbeknownst to me, says, I want to partner up with you on this campaign. Sure. He's probably the most powerful media guy in the country now. Um, that we posted the, uh, my hit with Hannity on the radio on BillOReilly.com, should you want to hear it. So if Hannity gets behind it, and I hope he does, we're going to be able to bring pressure to bear on the attorney general's office through the Republican politicians who all should demand a special prosecutor. So I'm doing something for you and for me, 
I want to know. And not in addition to the forensics, the Trump campaign itself, and I've said this too many times, I'm sorry I'm repeating myself, should do analytics and compare Philadelphia to other places in the nearby surrounding area. See if the math adds up on the mail-in votes. The most important thing is the voting machines, the Dominion voting machines. All right. So we are going to keep you posted every day on our quest to get a special prosecutor. And I think you're going to support that, even if you're still mad at me for telling you the truth about the election. Here's some bad news. YouTube says it will ban anyone questioning the election. So we as Americans don't have a right to question allegations, raise them. This has got to be dealt with, too. Congress got to deal with this. Boy, suppression of freedom of expression, my God. Okay, that's the election deal. There's a big media change going on in America. It's happening a lot faster than I predicted. It's happening first in television news. The audiences are just um, fleeing uh, many of the outlets. And we went over why uh, once Donald Trump leaves the stage because people uh, and uh, companies had devoted so much time to him, they have nothing to replace him with. And people are just, just not watching anymore. On the network side, on the entertainment side, Dolly Parton had a special on uh, Sunday night, which was a hit, got six million viewers. I watched a little of it, Dolly. I like Dolly. Um, I used to get six million viewers on a cable news show. That shows you how the audience is fragmented. It's not what it used to be. And people are going away from network and cable into all of this other stuff that I can't even pronounce half of it. But it's a big revolution. So when I learned that uh, my old pal, Kathy Lee Gifford, and old I use as euphemism, it's not <laughs> that I'm old or she's old. Um, no, you, wait a minute, Kathy. Place. Let me just set you up. <laughs> All right. Had a new book out called It's Never Too Late, Make the Next Act of Your Life the Best Act of Your Life. When I learned that this book was out and competing with my book, Killing Crazy Horse, which is fine, two different audiences, <laughs> Um, I said, we got to get her on. And here she is from her new home in Tennessee. Wow. Lots of changes yeah. for you, huh? Lots of changes. Hi, Bill. It's great to see you again. And I know better than to try to compete with you in a book situation, but I sing better than you. Okay. Well, your book <laughs> is uh, designed, and we'll get to it in a moment, um, to enhance people's lives. And <laughs> You have uh, really done that throughout your whole career in a variety of different ways. But let me ask you some uh, hard, tough questions that sure. hopefully will make you break out and sweat. OK, the first question, why did you pack it? You and, uh, and Hoda were doing very well on NBC in the morning. Um, you could have stayed there forever. Why did you leave? Same reason I left Regis. I could have stayed there forever, too. But I'm an artist. And I wasn't having the opportunities to grow as an artist and as a human being. And uh, artists die on the vine if they don't keep creating. And I had these dreams still in me since I was a child to do these films I wanted to do. Uh, I didn't know I'd be writing oratorios, but I am. I didn't know I'd be directing, but I am. 
and um, and and books come easy to me, so I just write all these books. I love to write them, but but that is not my dream. My dream was to write movies, produce movies. Movie that I just had come out um, this past September was the number one movie in the country, and now it's all over the world. Something called Then Came You that I wrote for my friend Craig Ferguson. So, you know, people say, how come you're inventing, reinventing yourself? That's ridiculous. I, I can't reinvent what I never invented to begin with. I'm created in the image of God and so are you. So is every human being. And um, so if I, I'm just living my life authentically with him and it leads me down different roads and on, on, a, on an incredibly exciting journey and a journey that um, sometimes you have to you have to leave a, a velvet rut in order to continue it. All right. And, so you, uh, I left you wanted to do other things you couldn't do uh, in a very hard business. And I think you would agree with me that um, national television is a hard business. Um, there's not a it's lot of touchy feely stuff going on back there. You either do the ratings or you don't. And if you don't, you're out the door. Um, so now you're in a position where you run your own show same position that I'm in. I'm much happier than I was in corporate America for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. um, but when you think back on what it was like when you were with Regis, okay, <clears throat> and what it is now, do you see yeah. the enormous difference in the oh. media world? We, we would have never, we would never would have gotten a chance uh, in, in the form that we did a show. I mean, we were completely unscripted, didn't have a writer. We, we, we flew by the seat of our pants and loved it. And that's what made it exciting. It was unpredictable. We weren't concerned about, you know, offending every single person out there. Uh, we were just trying to entertain them. We had no malice in our heart. We, we made more fun of each other than, than anybody made of, our, of us. And we had a ball. It's an old fashioned word called fun. Had the same thing with Hoda, but um, I, I'm grateful I had a, a time in this. It was like the golden years for me. It's the same way Frank felt about sports. Before everything became political, everything became about you know culture. Uh, yeah, of, look, know, I mean the stuff that Regis said and you said back then, which was funny and gentle and harmless. You say it now, you're twittered to death. You're in the executive's yeah. board. Oh, you can't say that. What are you implying? You know, you have and this unbelievable fun. oppressive culture. I know. That is watching I know. everything in a grievance way. It's the grievance industry has now permeated the creative industry. Regis Philbin, I sat next to him at opening day at Yankee Stadium in 2019. And he was right. very depressed. Um, yes. And I was talking to him seriously. We we're watching the game, of course, but. And I'm saying, you know, what's he goes, it's all over for me. It's all over for me. And, and I went, so what? Look at all you've done. You're an icon. The name Regis all over the world. Everybody knows it's you. OK, how many people but can say that's that? Not what he wanted. You know, so I, no, I was. But that's what made him happy, Bill. What made him happy was being Regis when he couldn't go out anymore and say, Regis is here. Hello, it's Regis. When they couldn't see him because he couldn't wear a mask, he was wearing a mask, couldn't go out and be with his friends and reminisce and tell stories because you can't go anywhere in California because everything's locked down. He, had, uh, he was, I had lunch with him two weeks before he passed and we talked about that. 
He just, he used to live his life so vibrantly and joyfully. And he's not, he wasn't allowed to anymore. And that's, I think about the people that are dying of what Regis died from and, and not from coronavirus, but from having the life sucked out of them. They can't go out, they can't be, they can't hug people they love. We're, we're, we're dying from much right, more but than that'll be over soon, our- thanks to the miracle of our scientists. But the point I wanted to make to Regis, uh, and it's an important point, is there comes a point in everybody's life where they have to accept their situation. And, and that man uh, from the Bronx, I know him well. You know him much better than anybody, but I know him well. I mean, he did something that was extraordinary with his life. And I wanted him to celebrate that rather than be depressed. It was all over. But anyway, that's me. Okay, so your book is It's Never Too Late. um, And it's another uplift for folks who might want to be like you, move into other areas that are creative because we've all been given gifts from God. I believe that. And now might be your time to develop those gifts after you're finished with the corporate world, whatever it may be. Why should I, O'Reilly, spend 20 bucks on this book? <laughs> you shouldn't. If you're not interested in it, you shouldn't. You know I'd send you one anyway. <laughs> it's for people that, first of all, have followed me through all these years and are just interested in what's going on in my life still. I've always felt so grateful, Bill, that I had people that, no matter what the world screamed about me, no matter what the papers said or anybody said, they knew it wasn't true. I'm deeply grateful for people that knew my heart because whatever I shared on the air all those years was real. So like me or detest me, but it was on an honest basis, a truly honest basis. And they're still there for me. And then, and uh, I'm grateful for that. If this book can help somebody out of the rut they're in or by watching the struggle and learning about the struggle instead of just the success that people think they know about, and they can, they can learn that struggle is good and, and, and it got God, God got me through so many horrendous things in my life. And I was at, it was all public. It was all public too. And if God can do that for me, he can do it for them as well. It's just meant to be an encouragement to people that yes, everything in this world changes constantly. But the one thing that never changes is almighty God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can count on him. He's the only thing. All right, so it's a faith-based book, makes a great Christmas gift. And finally, last question, you're now a Southern belle down there um, after spending most of your life up north in Connecticut, yeah. New York City. How's it being a Southern Belle? I love it here. I love the culture here so much. I mean, I've worked in, in Nashville for over 40 years. I did my first sitcom in Nashville. It was called Hee Haw Honeys back in 1978. That's where I met Dolly, who does the foreword for my book. Um, you know, the, the, down here, it's a culture of kindness. And there are people that are not kind, of course, but I'm talking about the culture, just like there are wonderful people in New York and in Connecticut, but the culture there has changed so much now. It's a culture of chaos and it was rotting my soul. It was just rotting me. And I said, I have got to get away. I got to make a new life. There's a line in my, the movie that I wrote called, uh, Ben came you, it says, I love you to my ex, to my dead husband. And, he's, and I've got his ashes. I say, I love you, Fred, but uh, I got to make new memories of the old ones are going to kill me. Well, that's and I'm very, not ready very to die. telling. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're so happy. I want to point out that on this program, you can say hee-haw honeys. But if you were on NBC, <laughs> you would have been hauled in. Okay, so that's oh, the difference. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Cancel me. Who cares? <laughs> You'll never be canceled. Kathy Lee Gifford, a good woman. And I can tell you that Thanks. knowing her for decades. 
Kathy Lee, Merry Thank Christmas. You. Thanks for helping us out tonight. Thank you. Merry Christmas. You brought that back, didn't you? <laughs> I tried. Thank you. We'll be right back. So this story got no uh, publicity. On December 1st, that was last Tuesday, um, Attorney General Barr disclosed he had appointed John Durham as a special prosecutor in the Russian collusion case. That means that when Barr and Trump and everybody leave on January 20th, Durham stays. And Durham, he could be fired by by Biden, but boy, it would be bad for Biden if he did it. it. Makes it very, very difficult. So there'll be a new attorney general, and that person will be loyal to Biden, and that person doesn't want any Russian collusion stuff. So Barr did Trump and everybody else a favor by saying, ah, I'll make him special prosecutor. Durham. Guy who knows more about this than uh, I do is joining us from Salt Lake City, Brett Tallman former U.S. attorney for Utah. So let's get to the special prosecutor. Didn't get much coverage. Uh, Democrats hate it. Uh, the far left doesn't want any of this. Um, Biden could fire Durham, right? Could. Yeah, I mean, the special prosecutor, the significance of this is that Barr has just handed them um, a very narrow way of getting rid of the Durham investigation. In fact, it's so narrow that it's, it's, it's created by statute, the special prosecutor's position, and the only way he can be determinated is basically uh, misconduct by Durham. Uh, the statute's very clear that you can't just because you want to stop an investigation, get rid of him. They have to articulate reasons that outline either a conflict of interest by Durham, misconduct by him, or something related. But here's the big thing. The Senate has to confirm the attorney general, the new attorney general. And all the Republican senators are telling me the first question is going to be, are you going to support special prosecutor Durham's investigation? And if the man doesn't say under oath, yes, I am, or the woman, they're not going to vote for him. So yeah, no, Barr the, the, set up a very clever trap for Biden yes. and Biden's selection of attorney general, correct? Yeah, he did set up a trap, especially because he knew before anyone else knew that um, Chuck Grassley was going to take back the reins as chairman of the judiciary. So it's no longer Lindsey Graham, but Chuck Grassley, and he's the senator who has been digging into this issue the most of anybody in the Senate. Yeah, but that uh, won't happen unless Georgia goes Republican for those two people down there, or one. They that's need right. one. That's right. Control. Um, so that, that's, that's right. how vital this thing is. All right, let's go to Barr saying uh, he hasn't seen enough evidence of fraud that would overturn the vote. Do you think that was a responsible statement for him to make? Yeah, at the time, I think it's exactly what he had reviewed. I think he has been given um, you know, information by the investigators. I don't think he's relying on Sidney Powell and others. I think he's letting that happen. But from, from my understanding and talking to some people that are close to the attorney general, that was a statement based on the evidence that has been put on his desk that he's looked at. Now, you're a savvy guy. At that guy. time. You're a savvy guy, Tomlin. You got a beard and everything. I mean, you could be a professor <laughs> somewhere. I mean, you've been around, you're a prosecutor. You're a savvy guy. And you got to answer this question. Based on what you've seen, just you, I know you're depending on the media. Of course, we have to. 
were not in the field. Right. Do you think there was fraud in this election? Yes, there was clearly fraud. Um, there's there's fraud in every election, um, from what I have seen, and and there are irregularities uh, that suggest that there was lar larger fraud than we than we know about, but we have not had explanations and we've not had insight. I think what you said was exactly right. It has to actually be a systemic fraud that occurred that we can statistically look at and show um, by by reviewing, for example, the, the voting machines. And we have not yet seen that level of fraud that would flip the uh, the election. I know that some colleagues of mine are, are pretty um, determined and they believe that it was widespread enough, but it was also it was also in a way and a manner that we may never actually get to the bottom of it. Well, who's going to get to the bottom of it? Once Biden's inaugurated, he's not going to look at it. Um, That's right. Exactly. Now, if I were Trump and I got 170 million bucks, which is what he has, I'd launch my own analytical investigation. I do it myself. Yes. And he could do it, correct? Yes, he could do it. And, and he probably he probably will, because there are people that have looked at um, the irregularities and and are concerned enough that um, that still and these are people I respect and are very good attorneys that are in, in you know, they're not the Rudy Giuliani that you kind of question sometimes whether it's political or whether it's factual. They, they truly believe that there was something done with with the voting, um, the ability to change and alter the votes. There's one calculation I've seen right now that in one uh, voting machine, it was, for example, for every vote that Donald Trump was getting, it was logging 0.87% of a vote. So it would take Donald Trump more to, you know, to get Where a, was a that? full vote. Where was that? That was in one particular county um, in Georgia. They're, they're, they're trying to get to the bottom of the servers. They've had problems with analyzing the servers, but one attorney has informed me that, yeah, they, they don't know if it affected yeah, I, I certainly uh, believe. how many votes. But if once Biden's elected, even if the vote is proven fraudulent, he's the president. There's no mechanism yeah. to go back. That's just no, That's it. exactly right. And that's, that, and that's why what you said is it, it, shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be received um negatively it, it it's it's a product of what our system is right now and are there changes that we should make absolutely, absolutely. but it doesn't change the fact that right now he's he's slated to be in the white house absolutely all right brett thanks very much as always we appreciate your candor all right this is an interesting story my friends in los angeles i told you all want to get out now they have another reason so los angeles county is the largest in the united states of america they just elected a new district attorney. Oh, George Gasson. I guess that's how you pronounce his name. Gascon, something like that. Gascon, George, all right. Uh, guess who gave George 2.5 million for his campaign? Would that be George Soros? Oh, yes it would. So this Gasson guy, He's the most liberal guy I've ever seen. He's knocking out. Ready? You're not going to have bail for any misdemeanor or nonviolent felony offense. That means you sell heroin? No bail. Meth? No bail. Nothing. You're not going to be prosecuted under the gang enhancement statute. That means if you're in a gang, 
recognized by law enforcement, you get a stiffer sentence. That goes. Why? Because George wants to rehab all the criminals, just like George Soros, the two Georges. We don't rehab them all. We're going to convince them to become law-abiding citizens. That's what we're going to do in L.A. County. My prediction, in six months, L.A. County will be the most dangerous county in America. New York City has collapsed criminal justice-wise after Cuomo and de Blasio put in this Nobel thing. Chicago, totally out of control. All of that coming to L.A. County. I tell my friends, you got to get out. Ellen just bought uh, Dennis Miller's house. Did you hear that? In Santa Barbara. Ellen's out of there. He's up in Santa Barbara. That's not, that's Ventura County, I think, or maybe Santa Barbara County. Now, here's something interesting. We uh, sell a lot of advertising all over the place. On radio, I have a, a petition from a self-defense company. I've never taken that. I don't take a lot of ads. I don't take pot ads. I don't take anything like that. Self-defense, I've never before taken. I might this time. I'm not going to tell you the name of the company because we haven't signed a deal, but I might do that. Why am I going to do it? So I think you're in danger. San Diego. There was a report earlier this week that said teachers are being forced to take classes that said all the United States land is illegal because it was stolen from Native Americans and that white privilege has to be acknowledged by every Caucasian in this country. That was a report. The teachers in San Diego had to take that course. It went all over the place. It's not true. You can volunteer to take a diversity course, and that kind of garbage is in it, but it's totally voluntary. Sports Illustrated, uh, on a brink of bankruptcy, has picked the activist athlete as a spoke. Sports people of the year. How politically correct, how noble, how noble to reward people who tell fans and everybody else how awful the United States of America is. Sports Illustrated, the reason that you're collapsing is that. You're a left-wing activist organization. All right, let's get to the mail. Frank Woods, Buffalo, New York. Bill, a week before the election, you ran through the states and said Georgia was probably going to remain a red state, but it flipped. Why? It's got to be Donald Trump and fraud and or, okay, because there was a GOP state senator who got 54% of the vote in Georgia. A Republican state senator got 54%. All right, Trump got, what was it, 48 point something, uh, maybe 49. It was like this. But I, I can't speculate, but I was surprised, and I think that the two Republican senators from Georgia are going to get in on January 5th. Ruth Brach, Jordan Valley, Israel. Thank you for watching us over there, Ruth. What happens if Biden is inaugurated and after six months, the fraud is proven? As we said, nothing happens. Our Constitution is in stone. This is how it is done here. Might not be fair, might not be right. It's the way it is. But if that ever happens, Donald Trump could walk in four years from now. 
Dwayne Catalano, Moscow, Colorado. My question is, are we supposed to accept all of this and sit down and shut up? Not supposed to shut up, Dwayne. Say what you want. Write letters, you know, go to Facebook, wherever you want. But the, the Constitution is the Constitution. Ted, on the message board, the United States of America truly now a banana republic with rigged elections. Never thought I'd see the day. Pat Krumachter, Lauderdale-by-the-Sea, Florida. Thanks for your honest, informative broadcast, Bill. What do you think of Mike Pence's future in politics? Hard to say. Pence never going to run against Trump. If Trump wants it, the nomination, Pence never will go against him. Um, if Trump doesn't, Pence might get in. He's young enough to get in. Alice, I'm glad you gave us statistics on police killings. The truth should be blasted all over the country. Alice, that was at a very important segment. We showed you that 11 people in 2019 last year were killed unarmed by police. 11. All were involved in police confrontations. And there are 80,000 law enforcement agents. So that's the fact. June, what bothers me, Bill, is that rioters weren't, in, weren't arrested. But someone who is trying to keep his own business open is arrested. You're referring to, June is referring to the guy in Staten Island who feels he's getting hosed by Governor Cuomo. He's been arrested because he's defied state law. Thomas Ritchie, Gibbon, Nebraska. Bill, my sister gifted me with a premium membership. Great gift, pretty darn great sister. I'm going to get to that in a moment, the, uh, the gifts. Theodore Link, Evergreen, Colorado. Missed you very much after you left Fox, but now I'm a premium member. There you are providing the calm, cool, and collected fact-based commentary that a simple guy like me needs. That is, I love to hear that, particularly because I'm on the sea issue now. Thank you, Theodore. John Pittner, Morganville, New Jersey. Please remind your viewers about giving to charity. I just sent independencefund.org a check for $500. You are a patriot and a humanitarian, John. Thank you very much. Barbara Flaherty, Hallam, Pennsylvania. Just received my three Stand Up For Your Country superbly made doormats which to my surprise included three yard signs. We just gave them to you. What a lovely gesture. Barbara, it's Christmas. We're giving you stuff. Go to BillOReilly.com store. We give you stuff. All right? Stand up for your country mats. Flying out of here. You'll love them. And the yard signs. Okay. The store. Get this. Stand up for your country hat. It'll be sold out soon. The ornaments for your tree. Okay, here they are. Merry Christmas, America. Love them. And Holly, you buy more than $100 on BillOReilly.com, you get this free. And we're also selling it. Um, Holly is getting a piece of it, extra snacks. And I said, if you throw darts at me, please don't hit Holly. Lovely picture. Holly had stomach distress over the weekend. Not a good thing. But we forgive you, Holly. When writing to us, not be tendentious. Back with a final thought on what we're going to do here over the next few months. Okay, final thought of the day. The reason that this news service is so important is because we're going to tell you the truth, even if you don't like the truth. And the reason that is so important is you've got to prepare economically, socially, culturally, all of that. You've got to see what's coming. And we are a program devoted to you. We're looking out for you. That's not some empty slogan. 
I promise I will do that, and I always have done it. You wouldn't be here if you didn't believe that. So you can get annoyed at my opinions, and we like, we want that vibrant back and forth. That's a good thing, all right? Now, if you're going to walk away from us because you don't like what I say, that's up to you. But most people will not do that. We have had a record-breaking year here on BillOReilly.com. We are by far and away the most successful news agency on the Internet. There's nobody even close to us. All right, and what we do and what we accomplish. So I'm asking you to give premium and concierge memberships as gifts. It's a selfish reason. Yes, we want to increase our membership. Um, and if every one of our members did it, we double. But also because we want you to be looking out for other people that you love and like. And a membership to us will protect them to some extent. See, I mean, I'm going to protect you from what may happen. And I'm going to give you very practical information because now we have a new administration. We don't know how crazy they're going to get. Maybe they won't get crazy. Maybe Biden will shock everybody. But I'm not counting on that. So BillOReilly.com premium and concierge membership. Tremendous gift and really shows you're looking out for the person you give it to. We'll see you tomorrow.